podcast about horror movies, feminism, and sexuality. Uh, tonight, my guest is the wonderfully hilarious Madison comedian, Cynthia Marie. Hey, Cynthia, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell the people a little bit about who you are, what you do. Hi, uh, my name is Cynthia. I'm so excited to be here. I <laughs> love horror movies. I love all movies, really. I um, live in Madison now. I'm from Philadelphia. And I don't know. Just excited. Yeah. And she <laughs> is one of the driving forces behind Madison Comedy Week. That's true. I'm so bad at plugging myself. <laughs> when people are like, do you have any shows coming up? I'm just like, nope. <laughs> and I often modest. do. <laughs> too modest. She just it's got true. done hosting at Comedy on State as well. She's, yeah. She's phenomenal. That was so fun. Hell yeah. I really enjoyed it. What was your favorite joke of the night? Ooh, um, of yours? Oh, of mine? Yeah. Okay, because my favorite joke of the night was obviously one that Brooks Whelan told, and not yeah. one of mine. <laughs> um, You're the star on this podcast. He talked about Pocahontas, and I really liked that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think my favorite joke that I tell is the first one that I tell. It's it's about sperm, and I but it's scientific. Mm. It's not gross. Smart sperm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Feminism. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm excited to have you on. I know we've been uh, trying to line it up for a little while, so I'm glad that we could connect and make this happen. Yeah, me too. Awesome. This is, this is great. <laughs> yeah, so I'm curious. Uh, you say you love horror. That is mm-hmm. always what I love to hear in doing this yeah. podcast. I find so many people are like, I hate horror movies. I'm like, no, I love them, <laughs> but I, I only watch them alone. It's really oh, weird. Yeah. I can't watch them with other people because it takes me out of it. Mm. Even if you're not like in a theater or if you're not alone it's not the talking to people that is a distraction it's just knowing that someone else is there takes me out of it it's it's very odd but I do love horror movies I briefly reviewed them for like a website (gasps) that's so cool and then I also did like a mystery science theater thing a while back with a bunch of other Madison comedians but so far in the past there's no reason to plug it (laughs) oh that's so cool you should bring that back oh my gosh so fun (laughs) I just liked, I, I did kind of like watching movies with those guys because we got to make up jokes about them. That was fun. Mm-hmm. No, that's really um, cool. Maybe but. that's a Halloween thing. Maybe. Mm. That would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's the first horror movie you remember seeing? Uh, well, it depends on your definition of horror. The first, the first scary movie that I watched kind of accidentally was probably when I was like nine with Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. My grandma told me not to watch it, but I, like, snuck downstairs. <laughs> Hell yeah, you did. <laughs> when my uncle, who, I mean, he's my uncle, but he was, like, 17 at the time, was watching it. And I, like, hung out behind the couch and watched it, and then I got scared and ran upstairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that was the first one. But uh, the first horror movie, like, real horror movie, was actually It, oh. the original one. And that was probably when I was 12, and I watched it on vacation, at the shore in mm-hmm. Jersey, because they call it shore, not the beach. Um, mm-hmm. There were two terrifying things that happened that weekend. One was that I watched it. Two was that I got contacts for the first time and had to learn how to put them <laughs> in my eyes. And I'm still not 100% sure which one of those things was scarier. Yeah. Oh. Um, at one point, I was like being a real baby about it, so my mom held me down, oh. and her friend put the contacts into my eyes. And it, it was so horrible that from then on I was like I can do it I'm not afraid I will touch my eyes it's fine oh yeah (laughs) just never do that again (laughs) I will point out we are both wearing glasses right now contacts are 
gross. They're really annoying. Yeah. It's just the idea, like, you put something on your eyeball. Yeah. That's terrible. No. Yeah. yeah. So that sounds yeah. like a really traumatic weekend. Yeah, it was really scary. <laughs> um, but it was terrifying to mm-hmm. me. What did you think of the new It as compared I to? I actually haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. Which is weird. <laughs> well, you know, the next piece of it is coming out next year, and had I known that, I, I would have waited as well, because I hate to wait. Uh, oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, waiting for sequels is annoying. Mm-hmm. I hate waiting for anything. I've been waiting for the new season of Doctor Who to come out for forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes I feel by the time it comes out, I'm like, no, you had your chance. <laughs> I don't care now. Yeah, no, I'm really excited for the Lady Doctor Who. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's right. I would wait forever for that. <laughs> I've already started researching my costume. Oh, that's amazing. Do you know how hard it is to find a trench coat? Oh, I In, like, a, a long, ankle-length, tan trench coat with a navy lining for under $100. It's impossible. <laughs> if anybody out there has one, help a lady out. Yeah. <laughs> Send it to me. Yes. Um, so, for us to talk about tonight, Cynthia chose... And I'm so excited about it. She chose The Cabin in the Woods, which is 2012. Uh, a group of young college students head out <laughs> to spend a weekend at a cabin, but little do they know they're going to be subjected to forces uh, un- out of their control and like their fate, uh, you know, is, is being held by these gods, you know. Yep. And it's all crazy mixed up and so funny i yes. love this movie i'm Me so too. glad you chose it yeah uh, it so, was the first one i thought of i was really oh, glad it wasn't on the list yes <laughs> so why did you choose this film okay so i i love horror movies and i love the like straightforward horror movies mm-hmm. but all the ones that end up being my favorite are the ones that clearly the people who made them also love horror movies Mm -hmm. so cabin of the woods is definitely one of my favorites of all time then like Shaun of the dead oh yeah um and even the the third one they did the end of the world one is also kind of like it's alien horror but it's still Mm -hmm. horror uh what else (sighs) tucker and dale versus evil like i feel like all the best scary movies are are people who've seen a lot of scary movies and just love them so much and put their love and their care into making one as Mm -hmm. well. Um, Cabin in the Woods also has, oh, what is his name? Fran. I'm so bad at actors' names. The, the, like, blonde, nerdy stoner guy is one of my favorite actors of all time. Like, Mm -hmm. he kind of always plays really similar characters, Mm -hmm. but I could just watch him play like a stoner or a scientist guy <laughs> and talk really fast forever. Mm-hmm. No, he does seem very charming. He is. Um, what I love so much about the blend of horror and comedy is that I feel like it's more of a human response to conflict. Yeah. Because, you know, and I love horror movies because when conflict is presented, it's the idea that you have to work together or you'll mm-hmm. die. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that, there's a lot of space for like, real human reaction yeah and like I'm sure as a comedian you understand humor as a defense mechanism yeah and to uh, like diffuse situations as you well so, yeah so yeah. like when you see that in a film it feels like oh it's we a are relief. human yeah yeah because <laughs> honestly I remember when I watched The Ring the first time mm-hmm. I watched it in theaters the American one not the Japanese one mm-hmm. um and 
there were a number of moments that I feel like were supposed to be legitimately terrifying. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it is about that movie, but every time there was a jump scare or the cat boy would turn around, I would laugh, and ev and then everyone else in the audience would turn around and glare at me. I had that too. <laughs> Actually, I just watched a, a movie with a gentleman I like, and I, in the back of my mind, was like, don't laugh when you normally <laughs> laugh, because he'll think you're fucking weird. <laughs> Uh, maybe he wouldn't and you'd become closer yeah that's true I should stop hiding my true self yeah <laughs> and if you do laugh and he judges you then you know he's not worth it thank you it's like good dating advice <laughs> my podcast idea was actually to give dating advice because so many people ask me for dating advice uh, but I, I still would, have not done it <laughs> I need all the advice um, my answer is just go live under a bridge alone and it's <laughs> so it's, it's working out really well. Uh, anyway, anyway, uh, the themes in this movie, I feel, um, the, my favorite theme in this movie is the distance people put between themselves and, you know, the economic, emotional chaos that the work that they do for a paycheck can sometimes create. And, yeah. um, and I, de like, oh, you felt it so hard. Yeah, that was something that, like, I forgot how much of the movie was about that. Mm -hmm. About the idea of people just doing their job. Yes. Because that's their job and trying to remove themselves from it. Um, and it actually, I have a lot of friends who work in reality television. <laughs> which, if you know anything about reality TV yeah, show, or yeah. even if you've just seen that uh, scripted show, Unreal, a lot of reality TV sh shows are manipulated. Mm -hmm. If they're not outright scripted, they like get the people drunk, keep them awake for really odd hours, and then plant little seeds in their brain that make them have a mental breakdown. Oh my gosh. Um, and watching this movie, I, it's been so long since I've seen it, but mm -hmm. it, like watching it, it did remind me a lot of like reality TV shows if you could actually control everything. Yeah. If you could change their personality by slipping them drugs that made them really slutty. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, do they really do that? In the movie. Oh. <laughs> Not oh, in yeah. real life. <laughs> in real life they get them drunk and then they get slutty on their own oh, because yeah. they pre-screen people to be slutty. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, I thought about that a lot while watching Last Comic Standing, mm -hmm. you know, and knowing a lot of people on that show and then mm -hmm. seeing the way that they cut footage. And it's mm -hmm. just like, that's not them. You yeah. bastards. Yeah. Or sometimes, like... I've known people who've been on that or on America's Got Talent. I, a couple of people have been on America's Got Talent. And sometimes, like, the stories seem more moving than, like, <laughs> than they are in real life. You put behind it and get the lighting just right. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then you talk to them in real life and they're like, I swear to God, my life is not that sad. <laughs> it's like, aw. Oh, man, that's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, the scene... I just really love this juxtaposition of like um, the office work mm -hmm. without uh, and like kind of like this cynicism that they have mm -hmm. and I feel like that cynicism is expressed in the bedding scene. Yeah. Um, where it's like you have this group of teenagers or like young adults, they're going to mm -hmm. die. And everyone in the office is running around like chugging alcohol and like, yeah, we're going to bet on this. Yeah. Um, Zombies are mermen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those mermen were not as hot as I wanted them to be. <laughs> they were not. They were gross. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, definitely. But I think also, and I, I mean, I always go here with my brain because I am a union organizer and I've mm-hmm. worked in this field for a long time. But like, if you look at our global economic system, mm-hmm. it's like, it's very similar to that theme of like distancing yourself from what you work or what you do for work mm-hmm. and what you buy. And like, basically, you know, like we kind of all turn a blind eye, uh, you know, to get good deals and mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I feel like this film really expresses that in a fun yeah. way. Yeah, it shows how if it's if it's your job, it it kind of reminded me of. There are a lot of kind of scientific studies like the the prison experiments. Oh yeah, Stanford, right? The Stanford yeah. prison experiments, and then there were also psychological ones where they would have people run tests on other people to see oh. what they like if they as psychology students would shock the testing person and the people who were being shocked were just being fake shocked but they Mm -hmm. wanted to see if you thought it was your job to shock someone when they I don't know got a question wrong Uh how much you would shock them how much you would injure someone how far you would go before being like I don't care that this is my job I can't do it yeah and And like people went pretty far Really? Because they thought they were supposed to. And it's not like the, it's not like they were punishing those people. Mm-hmm. It's just like, this is an experiment where we shock people. Shock them. <laughs> and they're like, okay. <laughs> wow. And then what was their reaction after they found out it was actually a test on them? Well, a lot of them were very psychologically damaged by it. I'm a monster. <laughs> but I bet, you know, just like the people in this movie, they, you know, tried to make jokes about it and make themselves feel better, like, tell themselves it's a job and it has to be done mm-hmm. it's gonna happen even if I'm not there so why not do it yeah and especially like being midwestern I just feel like I value my job so much like even if I am working a job I hate it's like you'll take it from my cold dead hands like <laughs> I would yeah there's so many terrible know. jobs yeah. that just <laughs> held on to <laughs> For way too long. <laughs> I know. Uh, poverty is terrifying. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like there were so many wonderful moments where that theme was expressed with humor, though. Like mm-hmm. um, the um, uh, speakerphone scene where they're talking to the guy and, uh, you know, they're going over like the plans of basically like the world yeah. possibly ending and yeah. he's like am I on speakerphone oh and yeah <laughs> and they're like no 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 it's just so rude why would you do that <laughs> anyone could be listening <laughs> yeah and uh, I loved the scenes like that so much especially like right in the very beginning too you know the two very bureaucratic looking mm-hmm. guys uh, you know, one's like, I'm picking up the cabinets this weekend, and mm-hmm. just like talking about his yeah. mundane life, and he's like, are you even listening? Yeah. And then they're like, talk, talk, cabin in the woods. <laughs> like, it's supposed to be like a jump cut yeah. to scare you with like mundane small talk. That <laughs> uh, is the scariest thing. Mm-hmm. My, my favorite part with that theme is uh, towards the end, when... You know, you, you think the girl has escaped. You know, she crashed the car, swam up, got back onto the, the porch, or what do you call it? The dock. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the guy shows up and starts strangling her. And then the camera pulls out to the screens of the scientists watching her. Yes. And they just all assume it's over. She's yeah. being strangled. She's on the dock. There's no one who's coming to save her, theoretically, mm-hmm. because everyone else is dead. 
quotation marks mm-hmm. um and you just see like an intern trying to hit on someone with a much higher pay grade than oh, him yes, while yes. she's being strangled in the background really yeah. dramatically like the the juxtaposition of those two things mm-hmm. like a, a really hot chick being hit on by a guy who is not up to her standards mm-hmm. over top of another woman being theoretically strangled to death mm-hmm. is just so it's like gross and hilarious and I feel like I shouldn't be laughing but I am because it's like everything that's wrong with the world it (laughs) is it is a tiny microcosm of everything (laughs) but just exploded and turned into something funny yeah and you know it's interesting too about that intern later on we see him on the screen oh yeah yeah his little signs oh yeah (laughs) totally forgot about that Um, So the other theme that is like very, very obvious and very prevalent in most horror films is uh, women being punished for their sexuality and the need for society to control and monitor women's sexuality. Yeah. What was interesting in this one, though, is uh, that Dana, the virgin, didn't have to die. Yeah. Um, And, you know, that is perhaps because she is of virginous, uh, you know, yeah. Qualities. What I loved at the end, though, is when they were, like, with Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. And she's, like, virgin. And Sigourney <laughs> Weaver says, we do the best with what we have. <laughs> yeah, because no one in, what, 2016? Is that when the movie came out? 2012. 2012. Oh, wow, I'm so old. No one in 2012 is a virgin. <laughs> no. Nope. Nope. <laughs> that is such a popular theme in movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole virginity versus, you know, slut-shaming thing. I, I just... It's so prevalent in horror movies and just in movies in general mm-hmm. that I feel like... I feel like the the idea that she didn't have to die, that the virgin didn't have to die, is because in so many movies, sometimes the virgin dies and sometimes she doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think it's just, it's just, like, such a final girl trope. Yeah. Like, the final, final girl is never the quote-unquote slutty one it's Mm -hmm. always it's always the good girl it's always the like girl next door yeah um yeah and even though they completely fabricated they took two kind of equal equal girls and made one into the slutty one Mm -hmm. and made one into the virgin even nature versus nurture they Mm -hmm. easily could have dyed the other one's hair yeah and just switched everything Mm -hmm. um honestly that would have made more sense Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just funny to me that like the virgin always lives because growing up I always sought out advice from the slutty girls <laughs> they knew what's up they do I mean I lost my virginity at 15 so Same. I was the slutty one but... Same. Oh my God. <laughs> but it was to my long term boyfriend mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish he looked like Chris Hemsworth <laughs> that would have been nice I mean he was fine <laughs> he was great we were in love whatever <laughs> I was 15. I thought I was making decisions. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, my boyfriend and I, we had been dating for six months. I thought mm-hmm. we were going to be together forever. Yeah. You know, was, we were going to uh, get married and everything. Oh, you know, it's adorable. What happened? You know. <laughs> John, are you out there? I mean, 15 years <laughs> happened. <laughs> I wonder where he is. Um, so another theme that I really loved in this movie is the idea that friendship 
can be more meaningful than romantic love, mm-hmm. which I find is so rare in film. Yeah. I loved I loved that um, Fran's character, the stoner guy. Mm-hmm. Marty. Was, Marty. That was it. Um, I loved that Marty was friends with her before. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he wasn't... Hit the relationship that they had from the second they like got in the car and started driving there was like he knew her he was friendly enough with her where he could like make jokes with her and it wasn't like he wasn't hitting on her mm-hmm. and neither was the other guy neither yeah. was the guy that her friend was trying to set her up with he oh, wasn't yeah. hitting on her either he mm-hmm. was a respectful for the most part dude yeah like he did look at her when she was in that one-way mirror but who wouldn't be inclined to look for a second yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know um, but I loved that the relationship that they had had history, they were friends, and that that friendship saved them, mm-hmm. and then also destroyed the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just feel like so often in movies, like people feel like they have to jam a love story in. Mm-hmm. And it's just so exhausting. Yeah. I feel like we can handle as viewers people respecting each other. Yeah. And not have to be like, well, are they in love? Are they boning? Yeah. Why do they care about each other? That they were able to, like, he wanted her to live and it wasn't because he wanted to fuck her. What? Yeah. Weird. Oh my God. More of that, please. I just want that in my real life. Same. (laughs) Someone to just want me to not die and also also not want to fuck me. (laughs) Every time you get a compliment, not thinking of like a comedy compliment, you know, not thinking about in your head a million times over, like, is it real? Is it a real compliment? Yeah. Because that's a fucking horrible feeling. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, speaking of Marty and Dana and their friendship in the end. Um, you know, historically, martyrs have been viewed as very, um, you know, it's like something favorable that people should ascribe to. Like Jesus. Like Jesus and <laughs> you Mother do Teresa. It to save and, humanity. Yeah. And uh, they rejected that. Yeah. That was interesting to me. That, mm-hmm. The first time I saw that, that was not the direction I thought it was going to go. Mm-hmm. I thought, I mean... Marty being the skeptic, being the reasonable one, being the intelligent one, I thought it was going to turn into one of those things where he was like, you know what, just do it. Yeah. (laughs) Kill me, save the world, Mm -hmm. be the hero. I thought that he was going to be like, fuck, shoot me, and she would cry, and and she would be like, I don't want to, and then he would just... (laughs) Yeah. And the fact that they didn't do that was... I mean, you don't see that kind of selfishness Mm -hmm. but I also like I don't want to say selfish and have it sound like it's a negative thing like being selfish isn't always a negative thing I think a lot of times in society people especially women are conditioned to like give so much of themselves Mm -hmm. to (laughs) destroy their lives to build someone else up you know Mm -hmm. like your life doesn't matter, but that baby you're having could cure cancer. Yeah. And to see that rejected 
and and to see that like if this world wants me to kill myself for this world maybe this world sucks hell yeah (laughs) like that was kind of that was a really cool idea Mm -hmm. um it's kind of a stance that i've thought in my head but i've never wanted to say out loud so it was nice seeing it in real life because um, there are times, there like, I, I don't think I would legitimately be like, burn it all down, start a new society. Oh, I would, <laughs> In every real time. life. Because I feel it. well, the problem that I see with that is that I feel like whoever ends up in power in the new society is going to be exactly as corrupt, and we're just going to be back where we started, but, mm. but there is the part of my brain that was like, screw, screw this job, screw this country, screw this world, burn mm-hmm. it all down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it was cathartic. Yeah. And, and something you touched on so much I've, I just really identified with is this idea of, like, as a woman, and our generation not as much as previous generations, mm-hmm. of course, but, like, the yeah. idea that you give it all up and you raise children and you manage the home and mm-hmm. you are there to nurture and support others. And it's um, that is the reason I got divorced because it was, yeah. like, I love my career and I love comedy. Yeah. I just don't see that being a real path yeah. for me, you know? I've never really known what I wanted, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've known what I don't want, and mm-hmm. I've never wanted children. Yeah. Like, even when I was 15 years old, the first time I had sex, I never <laughs> wanted kids. I was trying to get what, a hysterectomy, at way too young of ages. And doctors were just like, what? No. And I'm what have you changed your mind? And I was like, I'm not going to change my mind. And now I'm 31, and I still haven't changed my mind. I don't want to have kids. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky enough that I'm dating someone who also doesn't want to have kids. Mm-hmm. And our life is what we want it to be. But I've been proposed to four times. Nuts and bread. <laughs> um <laughs> I mean, I was young and stupid, and so were they. <laughs> but they, they also all, like, they all had that idea where they're like, oh, I started dating Manic Pixie Dream Girl, and then mm. I'm going to marry her, and then she's going to raise my Manic Pixie Dream Kids. <laughs> and I'm uh-huh. like, I'm not that person. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> Good for you. I'm not Zoe Deschanel. We just have glasses and brown hair. You have great bangs. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. You do too. Thank you. <laughs> One of the very strong themes in the movie that I also saw is this idea of being forced into an identity. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have the jock, slut, nerd, stoner, and I kind of feel like no one in high school really knew that they were supposed to fit into that really? until they forced us to watch The Breakfast Club. <laughs> and then everyone was like, I'm this, I'm that. Everyone in my high school mm. was so obsessed with stuff like that. Really? My high school was Mean Girls. It was oh. ridiculous. It was every high school movie ever. And the thing is, is I, in my like middle school, high school years, I went to three different schools. Mm. Oh, in, God. Like, a, like I moved twice in like a year. Mm-hmm. And the first school was this super wealthy, like hoity-toity place. Um, they were fine. They were chill. I liked those I mean, they were rich, so they were they knew nothing. But other than that, they were they were they were okay people. <laughs> the second place that I went to was like very. It was in Philadelphia, like low socioeconomic status. I think I was one of maybe three black or three white people in the whole school. It was primarily black students. Mm-hmm. Um, they also did not do any of those tropes. They were just living life. It was chill. Um, the third school I went to was kind of like a middle class. Like, there were some rich people, some poor people, me, hey. Um, mm-hmm. And 
that school was the most trope-filled high school I have really? ever been. It was crazy. There were <laughs> cheerleaders. There were football players. The cheerleaders dated the football players. The, like, there was, like, the church group. There was, like, the goth students. And the football players made fun of the goth students. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I was clearly the nerd. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was every, every click that you could see in one of those movies existed in my school they didn't really mix and they all hated each other (laughs) so it felt really real (laughs) yeah um it wasn't until I went to college that I realized that not every high school was like that (laughs) and that my (laughs) high school was just crazy (laughs) yeah well you know maybe I am kind of remembering through rose-colored glasses because I do remember there was a a certain breed of person at my Mm -hmm. high school it's like they drove huge pickup trucks yeah and wore the racing jackets um I think in general though people are multiple things mm -hmm. and I think even in my high school people were multiple things Mm -hmm. but maybe they just hid sides of themselves Mm -hmm. in order to fit in a little bit yeah like I know that there were you know there were a couple of football player types that went to church camp with me and like for a week we got along yeah My, so people are more multidimensional than, and even in the movie, people are more multidimensional than those archetypes, mm-hmm. and then they're manipulated into being those archetypes. Oh, you're right. Because the the guy who ends up being the quote unquote jock mm-hmm. was full scholarship. Like yeah, full mm-hmm. scholarship. What archaeology or something like that? Mm-hmm. Something nerdy. Uh, and even in the opening scene, the female character the virgin was looking at a textbook that she was going to bring with her and he was like don't bring this textbook your professor won't be impressed if you've read this book you should bring this book instead because then you'll be able to talk to him about so like he knows his stuff he Mm -hmm. is he's not just a student he's like smart and knowledgeable and and is willing to share that advice with others Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you know later he's just throwing a football and fucking his girlfriend super jack (laughs) yeah (laughs) And, you know, like, maybe that is so prevalent in, like, horror films because it's easier for us to see them die then. Yeah, if you don't see them as whole people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That makes sense. Interesting. Was and, then, you know, it's kind of like that in high school, too. It's easier to hate on someone if you don't think of them as a real person. Ooh, you know? so true. Like, people, people made fun of me when I was in middle school because I could fit into, you know, certain boxes because I was quiet and weird. Mm-hmm. And then when I stopped caring and started doing more stuff, I stopped getting picked on. And, like, I remember people would be like, I just want you to know I've changed. <laughs> and then they would walk down the hallway and make fun of the girl with the coffin backpack. Hmm. And I was like, you haven't changed at all. <laughs> I've changed. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> I, I never got made fun of at all. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I want to let the record show that she's blushing. <laughs> Makes me think she's lying. <laughs> I'm lying. I knew it. <laughs> uh, no, Leah, high school was a nightmare. Uh, oh. I think it is for most people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really. Were there any themes uh, that jumped out at you? Um, oh, the list that you had was so. It was so perfect. I think I don't know that there are themes that 
jumped out at me, but I liked I liked the constant lampshading of things, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I liked the idea of knowing something is wrong and then doing it anyway. Like there are so mm-hmm. many times, and it wasn't just Marty. Marty did it the most, but there were even times where. Like, Chris Hemsworth would be like, we should stick together. It's safer. And then five yeah. minutes, five seconds later, he gets, like, you know, some spores up his nose and then is like, wait, no, we should split up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> Don't do it. And I think it just, it's, it's a good reminder that, like, how many times in your life have you done something where you're like, I know this is wrong. I know I'm going to look back on this and it's going to be a mistake, but i got to <laughs> do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like the horror movie equivalent of like popping a pimple. You're like, don't pop the pimple. You're going to oh, yeah. get a scar. Yeah. And then you just do it anyway. But it's there and I need yeah. to do it. <laughs> Why did I do that? Oh, God. Yeah. Because yeah. I've done that on small scales and on grand scales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like me every time before. I'm like, don't date a comedian. And then I'm like, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> Oh, I had to do it. Oh, I have I so many Twitter to. jokes about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, so, what are your favorite parts of this movie? Oh, man. Other than the, the strangling part with the schlubby intern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, love, I love the scene towards the end where just the elevator doors yes! keep opening. <laughs> So, like, the, the SWAT team comes in to kill the bad guys, and they get demolished. Uh-huh. And then it's just, like, wave after wave of different terrifying monsters. Yes. Because you really do see almost all of the classic tropes, you mm-hmm. know? You've got your werewolf. You've got your ballerina with scary shark face. You've got, yeah. you've got like, the Purge before the Purge movies came out. Yeah. Um, zombies. Cenobites. Torture zombies. Mm-hmm. Cenobites. Like, witches, ghosts, werewolves, all kinds of crap. Mm-hmm. They just, there's just little clowns. So many clowns. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just little hints of, and and just love notes to every <laughs> horror movie that's ever it. existed. And that that's a part that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I love the, um, <coughs> sorry. I loved the ding. Yeah, and that's the, that like that is so funny is that it's just like ding and then monsters flying, yes. blood everywhere, ding again, ding again. Oh, oh it's so great. It was wonderful. Yeah. I also really loved, and this is probably very morbid on my part, um, <laughs> but the scene where Kurt is on the motorbike and he's like, I'm going to make it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to go get help, I'm going to come back, and then he goes for the jump and then... Into that wall. That is just so funny. <laughs> and I like I watched it for the third time, fourth time, I'm not mm-hmm. sure, yesterday, and I forgot that that happened mm-hmm. and still like died of laughter. I don't, have you and seen just that? Just watching it like hit the wall repeatedly <laughs> as it drops into the abyss, and you're just like, ah, poor, poor Thor. <laughs> Oh my god, is that Thor? That's Chris Hemsworth. Oh my gosh. You can't recognize him because his hair is short. But it's like, it was either like right after or right before the first Thor movie came out. Interesting. Yeah. And he shot into superstardom. Um, Have you seen Your Next? Wait, have I? About the home invasion? 
No. Okay, I will not. That's on I my list, though. I think that. I actually downloaded that, like, three days ago. There is a very Kurt-esque scene Ooh. in that film that makes me laugh as well, which is I'm why excited. I can't watch it with anyone else, because they're like, you're gross. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's human nature. Uh, yeah, I think it's very funny. My other favorite scene in this film is when they finish up the bedding and the one woman is like I had zombies <laughs> and the guy's like no you had zombies <laughs> yes. this is redneck torture family zombie very different <laughs> very different which I think is a good point <laughs> yeah it is um, um, that just makes me laugh so hard every time one of my favorite parts and it's not even harm related is just is just when he when when Marty drives in with that giant bong and they're like you can't bring a bong on the trip with us and then he like <laughs> twists and turns it until it just turns into a coffee mug. And I just really want that coffee mug. <laughs> that doesn't have anything to do with the horror movie. I just yeah. am in awe of that. Mm-hmm. so genius. It, it was, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, the, the other part I really like too is uh, when they're in the cabin and like they've first been attacked by the mm-hmm. zombie family. Mm-hmm. And I think it's Dana says, I'm not leaving here without <gasps> jewels. And then he, like, the zombie throws open the door and chucks her jewels' head. Oh, my God, that was so scary. <laughs> yeah, I did like that. It was good timing. But mm-hmm. this movie does have, there, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of horror movies out there. There are so few that have that kind of timing. Mm-hmm. Like and I think it's because it, you know it's partially a comedy thing, mm-hmm. but even horror movies, horror movies can still have that kind of timing where something there's something that you want to happen, and then it immediately happens. Mm-hmm. Like when she says, "I won't live without jewels," the only way for the movie to move forward is for someone to throw Jules' head at her. <laughs> like there is no other move uh-huh. that would have left me as satisfied as that happening in that moment. Exactly. And there are very few horror movies and comedy movies that have that kind of perfect timing. Mm -hmm. Good point. It reminded me of when, like, in, uh, it's, in, in, um, Edgar Wright's End of the World movie, when they're listing all of the pubs that they're going to drink at, Mm -hmm. and then you go back later at the end of the movie and you realize that them listing all the pubs that they're going to and what they're doing is actually a synopsis of the whole damn movie and everything that happens with the aliens. Like, it's just looking a little bit deeper as a writer Mm -hmm. into what can make your movie really special. (laughs) Interesting. I think there are a lot of... Like there are a lot of really wonderful writers, but there are a lot of there aren't a lot of writers who look that deeply at their own material to like mm-hmm. just add teeny tiny drops of genius. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> uh, any other favorite things you want to comment on? Hmm. Let me see. I mentioned the ballerina. <laughs> oh, she's so. She's pretty. my favorite. She's so cute. <laughs> I did love the whole idea that they choose how they die. Yeah. <laughs> like that. I did. I. I always wanted there to be more. Like, I wanted to watch a 
Cabin in the Woods movie for like there are multiple. Oh yeah, multiple like, universes. The Japanese one that you see, uh-huh. where the, the little girls you know save the day. Mm-hmm. Nobody dies, mm-hmm. <laughs> and theoretically, there's other ones as well. And I always kind of wanted to know like what was going down in Japan, what was going down in Russia, what was going down in all of the different zones mm-hmm. at the same time. That's an excellent point. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it so much when the Japanese girls uh, defeated the evil and then they got up close to the TV screen and were like, fuck you. (laughs) I just love swearing at children. It's hilarious. Yeah, he was so mad. Mm -hmm. I love that they turned, I loved how happy the kids were. Yeah. Like there was like a little lotus flower and they turned the evil spirit into a frog and they were just like, now she's going to live as a frog and she'll be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Which is. So silly and so cute. <laughs> it was. Also, I read a lot about um, mythology when I was a kid. Oh. So seeing like little, like, oh, it's weird how much of the horror stuff has its roots in actual, like, mythology. A lot of a lot of the, the Japanese horror movies are based off of, you know, old stories and and scrolls drawings of you know spirits and monsters and a lot of the horror movies that we have are based off of you know grim tales and and like i old irish folk tales and nordic folk tales german folk tales like a lot of that stuff gets twisted and turned and changed and Mm -hmm. then the you know the spirit of the tree becomes something else and 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 it, it gets the stories will change. The peasant woman will become, you know, the cheerleader, the virgin. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the, a lot of the, if you if you read the Canterbury Tales, like the morals are the same. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Everything kind of evolves with us. Yeah, which I think is kind of what the movie was getting at too. When it was mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, the ceremonies were different, but. We've been murdering people for generations. <laughs> it's what we've always done and it's what we'll always do. Murdering yeah. teens. Sexy teens. <laughs> Which, you know, it's true. They've been throwing people into volcanoes forever. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> They've been killing witches forever. Killing a lot of women, actually. Yeah. yeah. Why is it Wait. always women? Oh, so. my God. It's because the men die in war. Yeah. Uh. So, uh, any final thoughts on Cabin in the Woods? Um, well, if you haven't watched it, I've ruined it for you. No, <laughs> <laughs> no uh, I think by now everyone knows Bloody Mary is full spoilers. So. <laughs> okay, good. And uh, it's a goddamn six years old, so you know, yeah, you well, that's true. It. Yeah, where were where were you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Um, I just, I think it's so good. It's Joss Whedon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. He's done he's done a lot over the years, but I think and he's done a lot that I've liked. Like I loved Buffy, I oh loved Dollhouse, I loved all of it. But yeah. I think Cabin in the Woods was so succinct and just like beginning to end, there wasn't a lot that felt extra. There wasn't mm-hmm. a lot that felt unnecessary. That it is it's one of my top ten movies of all time. Not even top ten horror movies, just Top ten movies. Mm-hmm. Although a lot of my top ten movies are horror movies. Hell yeah. I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> that you're fun. Yay. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I would say. Watch it if you haven't. Hell yeah. 
So this will come out uh, mid-October. Yay. And where, where will you be? Where can people find out more about you? Tell, oh. us, tell us all about Cynthia Marie. Um, well, uh, let's see. If you want to find out about me, best, well, I post about most of my shows on Instagram. So, yeah, I'm at Sinestro on the tweets and the Instagrams. Um, that's C-Y-N-E-S-T-R-O. And I also have a website, CynthiaMarie.xyz. What else? What else? Oh, I have some shows in October. I oh, think. yeah. I'm going to be in Indianapolis Ooh. on the 2nd. I'm going to be in Cincinnati on the 5th. I'm going to be in Des Moines. <gasps> Love Des Moines. On the 13th, I think. Nice. Oh, that one's going to be fun. It's like a Halloween burlesque show. So <gasps> so fun. Yeah, I love... My friends accused me like of working for the tourism board of Des Moines because I just... <laughs> I love Des Moines so I've much. I've never been to any of those cities, so I'm really excited to go to all of them. Hell yeah. I honestly have not explored the Midwest a lot since <gasps> moving here, so I'm really excited to finally do it. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. The Midwest is best. I have so many, so many recommendations for you. Oh, you can give them to me. Yes. And I will go do all the things. Yes. All right. That's been Cynthia Marie. I've been Kristen Lighty, and this has been Bloody Mary. Have a good night. Bye.